Hey everyone, Craig Baird here. Before I begin today's story, I want to take a moment and ask that you check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There are several tiers with great benefits, from ad-free content to t-shirts and other cool stuff. And I have plenty of wonderful merch in my store, and the link is in my show notes. As well, if you're a fan of Canadian history, make sure you check out all of my shows, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Canada, A Yearly Journey, and Pucks and Cups, along with Canada's Great War. And don't forget, you can also donate directly to the show at www.canadaehx.com. Just click Donate. It helps keep this show going. Okay, on with the show. I'm Craig Baird, and this is From John to Justin. After Alfred Boyd, we progress to another man who was premier, but also not premier, but whom is considered now to be premier, Mark Girard. Born in Lower Canada in what is now Quebec on April 25, 1822, he attended college and articled with notary Louis Lacoste in Boucherville. In 1840, he spent time in Middlebury, Vermont, to familiarize himself with the English language. When Lacoste was elected to the Legislative Assembly in 1843, he asked Girard to look after his practice. On February 12, 1844, Girard was admitted as a notary, and for the next 26 years, that's what he worked as. He was well known in his field, and from 1859 to 1870, served as a trustee of the Board of Notaries in Montreal. He also speculated land and held the office of mayor, school commissioner, and municipal councillor. In 1848, he convinced his friend, George Etienne Cartier, to run for the legislature, which he did, and he won. Cartier would become a major figure in the Confederation of Canada and have a large impact on the later life of Girard. He attempted to get elected in the province of Canada Legislative Council in 1858, but Girard lost, and then the Canadian Assembly in 1863, losing again. When the Red River resistance happened, George Etienne Cartier, the Quebec lieutenant for the Conservative Party, sent Girard out west to meet with Riel. On August 23, 1873, Girard met Riel with Joseph Royal, spending ten minutes with him. The next morning, Louis Riel fled south as Colonel Garnet Wosley and his troops entered the fort sent by the Canadian government. Eventually, this would lead to the founding of Manitoba. And in the new province of Manitoba, Girard's main concern was to ensure that the new province would be open to French Canadians. On August 16, 1870, Girard was appointed the provincial treasurer by Lieutenant Governor Adams George Archibald, who was effectively in charge of the province and could appoint anyone he liked to the government. With his appointment, Girard became the leading minister from the Francophone community. When Manitoba held its first election on December 27, 1870, Girard was elected by acclamation. One year later, he was appointed to the Senate of Canada, becoming both an MLA and senator, but he did resign his cabinet seat. In May 1870, Riel returned to Manitoba, and Girard felt that a policy of conciliation would succeed if Riel could be persuaded to avoid drawing any attention towards himself. He said, For the sake of your country and your friends, absent yourself from a while from the country. Others with Girard felt he was too timid and called him a fool in letters and someone who only wanted to please the English. On October 5th, some Fenians crossed into Manitoba on a raid. With no help from the Métis, they went back to the United States. Afterwards, Girard took Archibald to review the Métis horsemen who turned out to defend the colony. Girard did not name the individuals in the group, one of whom was Rial to the lieutenant governor, and Archibald shook hands with all of them, including Rial. On May 8, 1871, 
Gerard was admitted as an attorney and barrister, becoming the first member of the Manitoba Bar in the process. On June 29th, he was made a commissioner to administer oaths of allegiance and office. On December 14, 1871, he technically served his first term as the Premier of the province, serving until March 14, 1872, although Archibald held the power in the province. Nonetheless, today Girard is seen as the second Premier of Manitoba. At the time, he was also serving on the Senate. In a rare triple mandate, he was appointed to the temporary Northwest Council of the Northwest Territories on December 28, 1872. The Victoria Daily Standard wrote, the first-named gentleman is a French-Canadian who occupies the position of treasurer in the provincial cabinet. His time on the council was widely praised, the Regina Leader Post said. For some years, he occupied a position on the Executive Council of the Northwest Territories, and it was his fertile brain that devised much of the early legislation of this great and important country. By the time 1874 came along, the Manitoba government was having trouble keeping the peace between its ethnic, religious, and linguistic groups. As more English settlers came in, they pushed the French settlers to the side, and the writings were changed to accommodate the changing demographics. The proposal to change the boundaries was put forward by John Norquay in June 1874, but this split the government between the English and the French. Girard strongly believed in amnesty for Riel as well, even telling that to his friend Sir George Etienne Cartier. The British Whig wrote, Girard presented to Cartier the strong feeling of the people in favour of amnesty and the belief of the people that had been promised. When the government began to split, Girard voted with the French side, bringing down the government in a non-confidence motion on June 22, 1874. On July 8, 1874, Girard became Premier of Manitoba once again. He was the first elected official in Manitoba to choose his own cabinet rather than the lieutenant governor. For this reason, while I am calling him Manitoba's second premier, some consider him to be the first true premier of Manitoba. In order to keep his government up, he had to form an alliance with the English side of the government, but this was a shaky peace. During his brief time as premier, he attempted to put in fiscal restraint and create an effective system for auditing public accounts. He also wanted to abolish the legislative council, which was not elected. His government also created 14 English-speaking writings and 10 French-speaking writings, which most considered to be a good compromise. Things were made worse when, in November 1874, Ambrose Lepien was convicted of the murder of Thomas Scott during the Red River Resistance, which caused the English side of the party to abandon Girard. With no option available to him to proceed further, he resigned as Premier on December 23, 1874. The Ottawa Daily Citizen wrote, the old government resigned, and yesterday the Lieutenant Governor sent for Honorable Davis and charged him with the duty of forming a new government. He succeeded in doing so last night. Girard continued to serve in the legislature for several years, with one brief gap between 1878 and 1879. On September 23, 1878, he married Marie de la Moth, who was the widow of Alfred Versailles. Together, they had two children, one son who died in infancy, and a daughter. He was also not done being a prominent person in the province. When the ministry of John Norquay threatened to eliminate bilingualism in the provincial government and redraw the electoral map in favour of the English residents, Girard was brought back into the cabinet as the provincial secretary. At the time, Girard was very popular with the French community of the province, and he was able to secure a compromise on bilingualism and ensure guarantees on education and representation for the language. Throughout his political career, he was a strong supporter of Sir John and Macdonald, both in good times and bad. 
and he resigned as the provincial secretary on November 16, 1881, and became the Minister of Agriculture, but he did not run in the 1883 election. The dual mandate rule had ended, and he decided to remain on the Executive Council until September 6, 1883, when he resigned. He was described as a man who could compromise, and was respected for his personal charm and integrity, but his leadership was lacking, and it made it difficult for him to promote the political interests of the French Canadians in Manitoba. In the Senate, he was instrumental in having the Canadian Pacific Railway change its routes from the narrows of Lake Manitoba to the south of the lake. He had requested a special committee of the Senate, which was formed at his request, and which he presided over for two consecutive sessions. In, De- in September 1892, Girard began to take a turn for the worse. A week earlier, he had been out and about as usual, visiting friends, but the following day he was sick and confined to his home, the Manitoba semi-weekly free press wrote. Senator Girard lies very ill at his residence in St. Boniface. He has been ailing for some time and was very ill for a time while at Ottawa, but recovered somewhat. His physician holds out no hope for his recovery. Girard still remained in the Senate until his death on September 12, 1892. The Manitoba semi-weekly free press wrote of him, One of Manitoba's best citizens carried off after a brief illness. The Regina Leader Post would write of him, His intellectual gifts were large, and these were enhanced by a liberal education. But, after all, greater than these was his nobleness of heart. He was proud of being of French lineage, but prouder of being a British subject. In St. Boniface, when he was buried, all the businesses were closed in the community and every flag was at half-mast. The pallbearers for his funeral included the lieutenant governor, several senators, and a few MLAs. In 1970, papers written by him were purchased for $5,000 by the Provincial Archives. The letters included one to Sir George Etienne Cartier. I hope you enjoyed that episode and our look at Mark Girard. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Biography, Manitoba Historical Society, Wikipedia, Visages de Vous Saint Boniface, Brandon Sun, Victoria Daily Standard, Manitoba Semi-Weekly Free Press, and the Regina Leader Post. If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, please take a moment and give us a five-star review to help other people find these amazing stories. And there are so many you can sink your teeth into. We also love hearing from you, so if you have a show topic you want me to cover, email me at craig at canadaehx.com or stop by my website and social media. I'll include all of those links in the show notes.